Indiana Runner Podcast Season 3, Episode 17. Taylor and I talk about the happenings of the last week from various invitationals, including concentrating on the Carmel Showcase 3200 and reassessing who the contenders are among team title and distance events. Let's hit it. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. All right, an exciting last two weeks. Colin Altavote and Taylor Marshall were got a little more of a measured approach than our rapid reactions from the Flashes Showcase. We're going to do a quick roundup of the state over the last week, really the last weekend, Friday and Saturday, um, and then we'll talk more in depth about the Carmel Showcase, where we saw some really good performances over 3,200 meters. Uh, a variety of meets, uh, really Friday and Saturday, Taylor. Right. Busy, uh, busy weekend here as the state kind of leaderboards are starting to take form here. Um, a couple big invites. And like you said, the showcase meet. So uh, not to mention a high profile meet outside of the state down at Eastern Relays. where We saw some performances uh, that are notable and we'll talk about. So a uh, really good time. Let's start with a meet that I think just finished up a couple minutes ago. It started on Friday night at North Central. That's the Charlie Riley Invitational. A big day from the star of last year's girls state meet, Reese Sanders. She runs 15-16 in the 100 hurdles and then doesn't run the event that she's the defending state champion, and that's the 300 hurdles. Instead, she elects to run the open 400. Were you surprised she did that? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I think it's kind of a good, a good training, uh, I, you know, idea at this point of the year, right? Um, she, I, I fully expect her to run the 300 hurdles, uh, you know, when the sectional tournament rolls around, but this is time to kind of change it up a little bit. Um, she ran, I don't remember off the top of my head, but she, I know as a part of that indoor pentathlon, she ran a pretty fast 800. Um, and so, you know, this is kind of building this overall resume as she's going to be this multi-athlete at the next level. So, um, you know, great chance to see what she can do, put a number on it. 56-71 in the open 400 for Reese. Did not get a chance to see Ramaya Elliott. Ramaya had a big weekend as well. She ran at Charlie Riley in a couple events, right? She go four by one and open 200. Correct. And we feel like it's possible that she may run the 100, 200, 400, and one of the two relays at the state meet. Of course, we don't know for certain. Uh, I, I would venture to say at this point, nobody knows for certain. Uh, and then on the boys' side, Center Grove boys look like a real contender. We hadn't seen much from them until this past week. And then they ran at the Johnson County meet, as well as Charlie Riley on Friday. They had uh, state leading four by one beating Carmel, who, current, who before that had the state uh, best in the four by one. And it looks like they've got possible scores in the 100 and 200, both hurdles. And uh, their other two relays, the four by four and their four by eight look promising. And they've got a good pole vaulter. Yeah. I mean, like you said, hadn't seen a lot, uh, just really emerged as maybe the most complete team in the state right now. We'll kind of get to that here later on, but um, really good showing. This is the thing where like, you know, we're two of the, the best teams in the state on the boys' side 
between Center Grove and Carmel. Um, what what could have been, Colin, coming up this Friday? If, if only there was a meet that maybe both of those teams could compete in this Friday. I think that's what the other schools were thinking, Taylor. Oh, what could be if we don't make this move? Yeah. Let's go south of the border. Eastern relays in Kentucky. They're known for their fast 3,200. Now they've got some competition. And um, just an overall, really one of the best invites in the country. People are coming from all over. And this was kind of the second half of Vermaya Elliott's weekend. So she did those four events that we anticipate she may do at the state meet, right? The 100, 200, 400, and four by one. So she runs the 200 and the four by one at North Central. And then she ran the 100 and the 400 at Eastern Relays. And that was on, those events were on Saturday, right? Correct. So in so, the 100, 1229, and the 455.02. And it was a really nice, I mean, it was warm, but for sprints, you want it to be warm. Absolutely. And she was, she ran really well. Obviously, those are fast times and they're, and they're just off uh, PRs uh, for her on the season, right? So she had gone 1225 at the Royal Relays. Um, and then this past, uh, well, it's, it was back on the Sprinter Showcase on the, the 15th uh, tax day, everybody's favorite day. Uh, she ran 53.78. Um, so just a, an overall incredibly impressive weekend for Amaya. The 3200 was the night before, and they, they run that pretty late. Oftentimes that's between 9 and 10 o'clock. A lot of heats for that. Uh, Jaden Serencione from Floyd Central, 10.49 in the 3200. I believe she got second there or third. And then she came back the next day and ran 504 in the 1600. And then in the boys 3200, now it makes, certainly makes more sense for these boys. I know there'd been some discussion about whether um, Will Conway might actually come up to the Carmel Showcase one, but Floyd being so close to Louisville it just made more sense to stay there with an equally as competitive race. So Will Conway 905 in the 3200, Spencer Wolf from Forest Park 912. Yeah, again, strong performances would have been great to see them uh, up at Carmel, but um, obviously they, they ran fast in a competitive environment. Um, so how about that double for Serencione right there, 1049-504, um, you know, that's, that's really strong. She'll have some decisions to make. You know, Floyd won the DMR at the HSR finals, so could, could Floyd put together a 4 by 8 that could contend? And then if, if not... Or if they don't go that route, does she run the 1600 or the 3200? And um, at least one of those events certainly looking to be maybe a little more open than we would have thought in, say, February. For sure. Yeah, this is the thing. I mean, where, you know, maybe she is listed on the relay, but, you know, they run some other girls and then make a decision by the time you get to state, um, you know, maybe at the sectional round. She runs both the 16 and the 32, and that shouldn't be an issue advancing and then kind of make a decision as you look around the state after. I know a lot of coaches tend to do that. Um, but like you said, there, there seems to be a pathway opening up that we didn't predict uh, going into the year. Speaking of the 3200 at the West Lafayette Relays, there weren't any eye-catching times necessarily from any of the relays, and that's basically all it was. I think they have a 3,200. It said 1,600-yard run. I, I think that's probably just mismarked, and they had a 1,600, but none of the stars were really in it. However, in the 3,200, Bailey ran to buy herself. I think she won by more than two minutes, 
and uh, Bailey runs 1054. So maybe another contender, um, certainly to finish in the top nine where she did last year, but maybe even an outside shot to, to win it, depending on who's in that race at the state meet. Um, yeah, she's firmly in that discussion of just elite girls who could win. Um, like you said, again, coming down to, to who's there, right? But she's had a, a really strong uh, winter into the spring. She looked great at the uh, HSR finals, um, you know, so she, you know, she's gone, you know, 454, uh, you know, that was early February. Um, so, you know, she's, she's, she's on the tear still. The Pike invite was on Saturday. Some athletes doubling back from certain things Friday night and some uh, sitting out the Friday night events to see what they can do at the Pike Invitational. Columbus North girls in the four by eight. Not sure if it was loaded. It certainly had their two best. They ran 930. They also ran 928 in a dual meet on Thursday. My guess would be, I don't know if you've seen the names or even if you know who the best four are for North, but my guess would be they loaded it on Thursday, ran 928 by themselves, and then maybe made a couple subs and ran 930 on Saturday. It's possible. Haven't seen the, as I'm coming through the results, haven't seen Pike's results yet. Um, we'll kind of get to that, but you know, we know that Columbus North has the depth where they don't necessarily have to run their four best girls to run a fast time. Um, so that, that 928 that you mentioned from earlier in the week against Columbus East, that is uh, currently the number one time in the state. My guess would be that, that they will run their four best at the state meet, but when the four bite starts the meet, certainly there's considerations about who runs that, which teams go all in, how that might affect you later in races, things like that. On the boys' side, a big day from Nair Nuash Campbell, who certainly makes Plainfield a, a state contender um, in June to win the team title. He runs the 100, 200, 400, including a 48-42 in the open quarter, and he ran a leg on their 4 by 4 that they won. Without him, Plainfield ran 42-64. Wow. So now he can only run four events at the state meet. That was four there and didn't include the four by one. Um, 42.64 is a time that's maybe good enough to score most years. Mm -hmm. I think the standard is somewhere in the mid 42s. Um, so, so if they could score without him, that would be huge for Plainfield. And then just a casual 68.4 and a quarter from Tucker Smith and the shot also threw 158 in the disc. I think he was second in the disc. All of Columbus North's team title hopes, I think, would hinge on him scoring multiple or double digit points for sure, getting 10 in the shot and then, you know, a lot in the disc if he could. Right. And, you know, obviously his shot is his best event. Everybody knows that. But, you know, his his discus has uh, quietly improved over the years, um, you know, throwing 158 feet right now. You know, that that puts him I mean, if we can get, you know, if he can get to, to mid to upper 160s by the state meet you know, that's big points, as you mentioned, right? So if you can win shot and then you can buy you another five, six, seven points in, uh, in the uh, discus, I mean, that, that really helps complement what Columbus North has on the track. For the pin invite, Kaylee Politza, 213 in the open 800. That's one of the better, maybe the best um, open 800 times. Although I had heard that at Cherubusco, Addie Wiley ran 207, but I haven't seen official results from that. So... Okay. I think Palitza may be the best open 800 so far. 213 is obviously very, very fast. And uh, Valpo girls swept all the relays, including a 936 in the four by eight. And so 
know, if they've got Polizza, if they can kind of hang around, that could be a team that could contend if they're running 9.36 now, right? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be, they're, they're firmly in the mix, um, you know, with, with the Chesterton, with Columbus North, with Carmel, uh, with, you know, um, Warsaw is returning a lot. So uh, it'll be a, a pretty competitive Noblesville, you know, they, they've looked really, really good. Um, and they looked pretty strong again this past weekend. So um, it'll be uh, pretty crowded up front, uh, depending on who does what again. Well, some upcoming big meets, like we saw, like we said, we, we saw a lot of, invitationals teams are starting to kind of get together now um, we haven't seen a lot of fast times for the open 800 yet for the four by eight even the four by four those those are events that need competition so but next week the zionsville invite on friday is one of the biggest and best most competitive invitationals in the state in april um the the mick is on friday i i mean i don't want to I don't want to hammer this point hard, too hard, but how, how competitive is the MIC without those two schools and it is a 16 meet? I think, I think we'll see some competitive sprint performances. I mean, you know, keeping in mind some of the, the athletes who are still in the MIC on the sprint side, I think that'll still, you know, Cassira Simmons and Ramai Elliott, you know, um, I, I believe Warren's got a, a girl who's, who's also pretty tough. Um, so like you said, from, from top to bottom, it, it isn't going to be what it was. Um, but I think we'll still see some leaderboard performances come out from the, the sprint side. And another highly competitive meet, the HCC will be not this week, but the week after that. I can't quite remember the format. There have been times where it's on the same day, and then I think there have been times where it's on different days. I think the girls and the boys are on separate days. Yeah, well, and to, to the point that you just made about, you know, fast uh, four by eight times or open eight or, or four by four, that's where we'll really see them start to pour in because a lot of those teams in the HCC um, have really competitive relays already uh, or have, you know, competitive distance programs and they'll have the opportunity to compete against each other and push one another. So um, that'll be a good night at track and field. So we have seen. We've seen something from everybody we thought would be good. The one team that we hadn't seen much from mainly because of where their spring break fell and um, just their schedule until this week with the Center Grove boys. Let's your thing. You do the top four teams, the Mount Rushmore of title contenders. Let's do your Mount Rushmore starting backwards. Who's your Teddy Roosevelt number four for the girls for the girls Zionsville. So Zionsville, uh, you know, they've got a couple uh, big point scores and sprints and hurdles. Uh, they've got some field events to complement, particularly the pole vault. Um, so I think Zionsville, again, as we look at some more of the complete teams, uh, they, they may not be the most complete, but they're right there uh, in the conversation. So number four, Zionsville. And they they were third last year. They were right in it up until the end. And I don't think any of those girls had graduated. So, so you guys look pretty good. And they yeah. looked good at HSR. Mm -hmm. and that's actually one team we probably haven't seen a lot out of. I think we will this week because they host their own invitational. Yeah. Um, so number four, Zionsville. Number three, Noblesville, right? So much like Zionsville, a lot of balance, but they're, they tend, they're a little bit stronger in uh, some of the distance events, um, particularly Noblesville's four by eight being really good. Um, but they also have a, a really great group on the field uh, and, and a star a hurdler as well. So the Noblesville girls uh, come in at number three. And they, look, they look tough. Hard, hard to be led by distance runners, though, because it's just so hard to double in the tournament, even at the state meet with all the rest. Right. 
which which we'll kind of see as we go down the line here. But, um, you know, if you get points in the sprints, hurdles, jumps, that's where it's at. Um, right now, my number two team on Mount Rushmore, the Carmel Greyhounds. Shout, shout out. out. There we go. Um, you know, Carmel, uh, again, the the four by eight will be up there. A couple all state cross country girls who, who are running well on the distance side. Uh, but the four by one looks good. A girl who could run really well and a couple other events and place high. Maybe it's the eight, maybe it's the four, maybe it's on a relay, right? So kind of working through that. Um, Taylor Rieger uh, is ranked, I believe, as of right now, number three in the state in the discus. Um, so she's throwing very well. And uh, um, the four by one is coming together and has gone you know, sub 50 now a couple of times. So um, and I know that there may be one or two substitutions that could be made uh, coming back into that with a, a four by four. Uh, that is also a, a state contender. So they, they look to be or we look to be, um, you know, a really good team overall. Uh, but my number one team on Mount Rushmore, and they've, they've been this way all year, is the, uh, the North Central Panthers. Um, North Central has the best athlete, as we've said. Um, she is running at her best. And uh, we have, you know, made uh, what we'll call uneducated, well, maybe uh, predictions, right, in that we haven't asked Mark Haste, uh, hey, what, what is Ramaya going to run in the tournament? And um, I don't plan to ask Mark Haste that. We can just keep guessing. Uh, but it seems likely, based off what she's been running, uh, that she would run, uh, you know, one, two, four, and four by one is my thought. I agree with you on, on those. Um, we also know that North Central's four by eight looked really strong and uh, at HSR, and they continue to improve and get better. And uh, North Central also has uh, one of the best discus throwers. I believe Tracy Gooch is ranked second um, in the state right now in the discus. Um, so if you've got Ramaya Elliott, who can get 30 individual points, contribute on a high-end relay, you've got the four by eight that I would right now tell you will score. I think that the North Central girls look good on the four by eight. And then you get complimentary points there from uh, Tracy out in the, in the discus that uh, they seem to be the team to beat as of right now. What about on the boys' side? A lot of shifting just in the last couple of weeks. Lots of movement. Like yeah, lots of movement, but I think these these four teams are still really close. Whereas, like they're, you know, the the girls may be a little bit more spread out. I, I kind of look at the point breakdown, and I think this could be a lot closer uh, for Brownsburg, right? So Brownsburg again is kind of the product of the shuffling around. But when you talk about the the best uh, athlete, you know, Colquitt is is the best uh, in the state on the boys' side, um, and you know they'll have decisions to make about what he does um, at the state meet. Um, but they have a, a really strong four by one. Um, and then obviously the top hurdler in, in the one tens and the three hundreds. And then um, he's one of the best long jumpers as well. So uh, Brownsburg looks like that team. Again, these are really tight, really close, I think, but I put them at number four right now. So that would be Teddy Roosevelt. Third, Thomas Jefferson. Who's the Thomas Jefferson on your Mount Rushmore? Uh, the Carmel Greyhounds are the Thomas Jefferson. Shout um, out. Shout out. You know, obviously, uh, you know, the, the four by eight ran incredibly well uh, at the HSR finals and uh, Cole Matisson has looked really strong uh, winning the flashes and then coming back uh, with a, a you know, third place solid showing at our own uh, 32 showcase. 
Um, the four by one was ranked uh, top in the state and then were bounced out by Center Grove at Charlie Riley. Um, but, you know, so we, we know they're right there and, and a couple of strong hurdlers. Uh, so the, there are a lot of pieces all, all through there. Um, and, you know, again, these are really tight, really close, but I think Carmel would be number three today. Okay, who's the number two then? Number two. I think these, the two teams you haven't mentioned yet, assuming these are the teams that are going to be first and second, they seem like this is what we know now too, right? Like coming back from spring break, who knows who's been, well, we know to an extent who's been sick, who's missing, who's coming back, that kind of thing. But these two have looked the best at big time meets the last two weeks. Yeah, and that's a good sign. A lot of confidence going in. That'd be playing field for number two. Um, so playing field again, uh, Nair Nuwash Campbell um, has has run incredibly well. I mean, forty eight low in the open uh, in in mid April is really impressive. Um, you know, they're four by four strong. They've got uh, all, all the kind of pieces coming together here. Uh, again, they're maybe a little bit more reliant on on one or two guys, but. Um, you know, that's what you need to get the job done at the state meet. You need a big performance out of one or, or two individuals, and that really puts you in the driver's seat. So a team that's been up in that top sort of three ranking all year, um, and we haven't seen anything that would suggest pulling them from there. So playing field would be my number two team today. So that leaves as your George Washington, number one. Number one would be Center Grove. The, I would have said that a week ago. I would not have. Right. I mean, and, and this is, again, the, the you mentioned this already, the spring break thing, the you know, what performances are we seeing? Um, but from from what we saw at Johnson County and then particularly what we saw at Charlie Riley Friday night um, into early Saturday morning, uh, we see that, you know, that we know their distance program is really strong. They're going to get some points there. But on the sprint side, just having one of the best 100 sprinters, they've got the four by one is now number one in the state. Their four by four is always really strong. Um, and this year is no exception. So it seems like Center Grove is putting together all of those pieces that you want to see um, and where you could get points at in Bloomington. All right. There you have it. OK, let's take a break. State championship winning coach Scott Litzkin shares his perspective on what it takes to achieve excellence in high school cross country. While addressing the mental and physical elements of distance running, Scott provides details about how to create successful teams. Additionally, he addresses how he overcomes pitfalls to achieve the peak of success as a high school cross country coach. His teams have won four Indiana State Championships and have competed at the Nike National Cross Country Championships three times. The book is only available on Amazon. Search for Scott Lidskin. And we're back. So the second year of the Carmel Showcase, the main event is the 3200. So the Franklin Central Showcase at the Flasher Showcase, the main event is the mile, full mile. This is the 3200. Uh, we hear from a lot of coaches, you know, we, we kind of did some recruiting for the meet. Uh, we got a lot of good feedback. A lot of people gave us a lot of credit, although the credit really goes to Jeff Hester, who runs our, the assistant athletic director at Carmel, who runs a very good and efficient meet. Shout out. Not only is uh, he great at meet management, he's also a fan of the podcast. Well, that's, that's two. What's the opposite of a strike. That's two check marks for him. Yeah. Um, in let's just go through event by event. And obviously we'll probably talk the most about the fast heats. Uh, if you weren't there, you missed out. So, and sometimes coaches try to explain, well, you got to see, we've got, you know, we got this on 
Saturday, so we couldn't. That's fine. You missed out. If you're there, you missed out. Don't don't uh, don't tell it to me. Tell it to the kids on your team. In the four by eight, just a girls four by eight. And next year there will be nothing but the thirty two hundred. Kind of what we found out is that the thirty two hundred is the draw, um, and so we want to make more time for heats to increase the opportunity for kids because we're all about opportunity, especially in April. Um, the winner of the four by eight in a pretty impressive time, 949. And that was a team from Warsaw. Warsaw ran some of their best girls in the 3200. So maybe another team to watch out for in the four by eight. We'll get into some, some more distance talk here later. And then the we'll go in the order that these races were run. Individual races, let's go top three. There was a boys freshman race, 30 athletes in one heat. Uh, 30 were entered. There were 33 at one point. And then one of the coaches in his infinite wisdom took three of his freshman boys and put them in the general race to make that heat just a little bit smaller, more manageable. There were no problems with 30 athletes. Um, the winner, he led wire to wire from Clinton Prairie High School, Hayden Kemple, 10.01, uh, charging hard, but they just ran out of room at the end. Jack Turnbull, from Zionsville, 10.04, and third, Neil White from Columbus North, 10.07. Did you get a chance to watch any of that freshman boys race? Yeah, I did. Like you said, an impressive performance there from Kimple going uh, wire to wire like that and just opening up enough gap to hang on there at the end. But solid showing there for the freshman. Worth a trip up, my man. And a pretty even split, too. I think he came through 1,600 in something like 4.59, 5 minutes, 5.01. So he was basically 5 five minutes, five minutes for his two uh, 1600s. And then there were five boys heats and three girls heats. So even though it's a girl's first year, we needed to run through uh, some of the boys heats first so that we could end with fast girls heat and then fast boys heat. Um, I don't know about you. This is the highlight of my meet. First from Crown Point, a senior 10.01.16, Jack Churchill. And then four of the top six were my little dudes, freshmen yeah. and sophomores from Carmel. Uh, freshman Jack Capes, 10.02.63. And then third, his teammate from Carmel, Kyle Grove, a sophomore, 10.03.97. What more, what more can you want from the fast heat other than the host school getting four of the top six and big PRs? It's a great day. Shout out to those boys. Take advantage of that opportunity. I told them whoever ran their best time got a t-shirt and I found a box of t-shirts, but by the end of it, the only thing left were uh, XL shirts. So my little dude is trying to fit into an XL, which they didn't turn into cutoffs. I don't know which one would be a worse look cut off or, uh, you know, kid who should be wearing an extra small and an extra large. N neither were great. I can tell you that. Uh, yikes. But who are we to offer fashion advice on this part? Um, you see me at the meets, people. Yeah, I don't... To a 15-year-old, I might. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Second heat, the winner, and going to retire from high school undefeated in the 3200 from Carmel. Shout out. Connor Hagee, 947-54. Runner-up, uh, a guy you know pretty well, also a senior from North Central, Hayden Monk, 951-49. And a junior from Fishers in heat two, 952.45, Caden Carpenter. Yeah, nice job from uh, Connor Heggie, right, uh, to open up a gap with about 700 to go and then was just able to maintain it. 
and uh, a couple of those guys were charging. And then uh, Hayden Monk, like you said, a uh, kid from North Central that I know, he uh, had a nice little PR there. So shout out Hayden. Heat one of the girls was next. Uh, this is a team, they talked to us right before the four bite. They got there with like five minutes to go before the four bites. So they didn't get to warm up or anything. Um, and they ran pretty well in the relay. And then they had the winner of the first heat, a sophomore from Corden Central, 11-49-42, Addison Applegate. Second from Morgan Township, a senior, Claire Lemons, 11-50-57. Uh, and third from Franklin Central, um, I believe her brother is a freshman and ran really well in his race. This is Cami Farmer, 11-52-93. There were seven girls under 12 minutes in the first heat. That's a pretty good number. That is a good number. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's again, getting some girls together and giving an opportunity to go run fast. Uh, they took advantage of it. So got to be happy with that. In section three, it seemed like a lot of these athletes, the, the winners kind of opened up a lead with two, two or three laps to go and just had too big of a lead to um, to close that at the end. I, I think this was the case here in section three. You can see the videos, the same uh, YouTube poster that put them up for Franklin Central. That's what it was H-S-E-C-C -C dad, right? Correct. Put up those videos um, and he's got them for most heats of the boys. I think all heats of the girls. Uh, but in the winner in section three from Yorktown, a senior, Luke Harbor, 9.37.38. The runner up from Austin, a junior, Brandon Rice, 9.43.72. And then we just talked about his sister in the previous heat, a freshman from Franklin Central, 9.44.02. Evan Farmer. I'm assuming it's a sister. Yeah, well, let's roll with that. That sounds pretty good. I mean, I think we had mentioned Evan Farmer last uh, recap podcast from Flashes, right? And um, he continues to perform really well. 944 for a freshman. You got to be really excited. Again, he's running well now. What can he do down the line? Now, so there's, there's two farmers from the same school. Last name farmer. We don't know what their profession is. Um, well, student probably is their profession, but. Correct, correct. Uh, but. I do know this heat two of the boys was Connor Hagee, mm -hmm. the winner heat two of the girls, a sophomore from Zionsville, McKenzie Hagee. Yeah. Not cousins. I asked. Okay. So Maybe. unrelated heat two winners, both named Hagee. McKenzie runs 11 39 97 for the victory in heat two runner up a junior from Avon. Hannah Taylor, 11.42.14, and just tenths of a second behind, a senior from Crown Point, Caitlin Dervinsky, 11.42.45. There were 10 athletes under 12 minutes in section two. So that would be the second fastest heat. Yep. So awesome. Shout out to uh, my two girls uh, in that section who both ran a PR, Ellen Emerson. It's the PR meet. It's the Carmel Showcase. We do it every year. That's what we're here for, man. If you didn't go, you missed out. Next year, put on your calendar. Yep. Next year, it will be April 21st. It will be the Friday after the Flash's Showcase. The second fastest heat for the boys. This was one of the more impressive races I've seen in a long time. They were all pretty close, the top five boys. 
with 1,200 meters to go. And then Gabe Connolly, a senior from Concordia, took off and built a nearly 12-second lead from, you know, 2,000 meters to the finish. Gabe runs 921.60 for the win. Andrew Knight from Hamilton Southeastern, who was very impressive the week before over the mile distance, is equally impressive over 3,200 meters, 933.33 for Andrew Knight. And then a junior from Columbus North. This is somebody that could really help them out in the fall. Um, this will be the fall of his senior year because he's currently a junior. Will Russell, 934.86. And the boys raced 20 of the 23 in this heat broke 10 minutes. 68 boys total broke 10 minutes. Ah, oh, so close. Um, yeah, so, about, close to the, so close to 70. So we close. How, you know, how about uh, 921 and to win the second fastest? heat i mean that's incredible uh the state standard is really like 917 918 somewhere sort of in that range right and he's he's right off you know what you know that standard would be in, in a typical year the, the you know the average of the last you know three years ninth place finish at state which should put on the podium and that was the the winner the second fastest heat and that's just the depth that the meet is developing here in now year two so and just and a shout out to you know Connolly for an awesome race i think anytime that there's a a meet with a with a, a competitive distance, whether that be even indoor meets like the Indiana Runner Showcase or certainly the Carmel Showcase, the Flashes Showcase, everybody gets really, really worried about who's in the fast heat. Am I going to be, oh my gosh, am I not going to be in the fastest heat? Oh my, if I'm not in the fast heat, I won't see any competition. And inevitably, invariably, annually, the second fastest heat and the third fastest heat and the fourth, they all have appropriate levels of competition that now I guess the one guy that would have a, a gripe would be Gabe Connolly because he did win by 12 seconds. However, I also heard nothing from his coach about what he, he should be in. Sure. And he got and, to win. His and they got in the last a fast time. Um, conditions wise, you know, it was, a, it was a beautiful night for track and field. Yeah, but it, it did get to be 75 degrees and I'm not going to be Goldilocks that, Hey, it's been too cold and too windy and too rainy at all the meets. And now suddenly it's like, now it's too hot. It wasn't too hot, but in terms of ideal temperatures, I do think maybe just a really small part, keeping it from being ideal conditions would be, it had been 50 all spring it had been 50 all season it was even 40 degrees on monday is the high in central indiana and that was maybe just a bit of a shock for distance runners to run and it's been it's 20 degrees warmer than it's been at all there's no kind of acclimating themselves yeah. to to that now now what does that mean i don't know maybe that's the difference between 902 and 859 something yeah. like that. Like it, it, it wasn't like the four by eight at the Franklin central meet or the early heats of the mile where it had a significant impact on their time, maybe five or six seconds for a mile, but maybe okay. just a little, maybe it's the difference between 10 Oh two and nine fifty eight, something like that. Sure. Yeah, I would agree. The fast heat of the girls, the winner and running slightly faster than Scott Lidskin's famous over under 10-30-44, a sophomore from Delta High School, and that's Nikki Sutherland. 
Uh, let's go top six because we did top six for Franklin Central. Second from Burbuff, a senior, Kendall Martin, 1042-47. And I believe she was the only one to double and finish in the top six at both Franklin Central and at Carmel. Third from Garen, because we're out here, Taylor. We're in these streets. 1051-24 for the Jet, Bridget Gallagher, a freshman from Laporte, Lila Galisi, 1054-58. Fifth, this has got to be a huge PR for her and maybe something they might think about in the tournament because I'm guessing she'll be on their four by eight. Joey Rastrelli, a sophomore from Warsaw, 1057-53, so five total under 11 minutes and then one more right at 11 minutes. Uh, a junior from New Prairie, Lillian Zelasco, 11 minutes and 57 hundredths of a second. Yeah, you bring up the point of, um, you know, Rastrelli there at, at Warsaw. You know, the four by eight, as we mentioned before, will be competitive. A four by eight 32 double at the state meet is possible. And you could and you can come back and run well. There is enough time. Um, so I don't know, like you said, is that something the coach was considering uh, before the meet? You know, is he or she considering that now? That's to be determined. But, you know, if, if that route is appealing, I mean, that's certainly doable right there. Um, so we'll see. We'll see for that's, sure. That's certainly a lot more manageable than the four by eight and the sixteen hundred. Although she she did that last year, um, yeah. she made it. You know, the four by eight made it to the state meet. They finished second out of the slow heat, and then she ran in the sixteen hundred. But if you're looking for a medal, I think, especially as open as we think the thirty two hundred may be now um, at the at the state finals, as we kind of project forward, that that may be something that that Warsaw might want to think about. Anything else stick out to you from that um, from the girls' fast heat heat three? Uh, Liz Smith from Westfield with a huge PR running eleven oh one. She was I know we did top six, but she was number seven right there. So she um, you know ran a really fast time. So nice shot out there. Um, but you know I mean ten thirty. You know Sutherland had run ten thirty four the previous weekend um, at, at the Oak Hill relays. And uh, came back again here in the 1030. She, you know, again, depending on what happens, she may be in that driver's seat to win the 3200 um, just just based off uh, what we've seen thus far uh, this winter and then spring. Yeah, so Liz Smith, nearly all stayed in cross country. I think she was in the just outside top 25, somewhere in the 20s, though. Um, it's clearly continuing her development as a good distance trying to run 1101 there um and all of these all of these athletes really it seems likely you can't just take what happened last year and assume that's what a team's going to do or that's what an athlete's going to do again Kendall Martin scored last year in the in the 3200 I'm guessing that's what she'll run Sutherland was in the 1600 and the 800 and finished pretty high up in both of those but um this may be the route that they want to take in the in the tournament. There certainly not everybody on the girls' side was there, um, and there was actually little carryover from last week to this week. On the boys' side, it was totally different. I would say over thirty two hundred meters, almost anybody who's anyone for that distance ran either at Eastern Relays or they ran here at the Carmel Showcase. Anybody that figures to factor in for the state meet, 
the winner from Illinois, Edwardsville High School in Illinois, which we learned is just outside of St. Louis. Correct. So when we think of Illinois, you think of Chicago, right? But it's really on the opposite side of the state. Uh, Ryan Watts, 854.09. That is a new meet record. Runner up, a senior from Columbus North, Reese Kilbarger Stump, 855.22. Uh, leading the early stages and the middle stages of this race, a junior from Carmel, shout out, 901.31 for Cole Matison. And Scott Lidskin called it. A uh, soft or a, a junior, no. Sorry, I'm looking at this times or the numbers wrong. A senior from Northridge, Jack Moore, 90286 for Jack. A senior from Jasper in fifth, Abe Ekman runs 90834. And sixth from Carmel, shout out, Charlie Schumann, 91440 to round out the top six, although they awarded the top three at the meet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, it was uh, a nice uh, loaded field, a rematch from what we saw at uh, flashes and uh, you know, between Ryan Watts from Edwardsville and Kilbarger Stumpf just kind of were able to pull away from Matisse and um, you know, toward the, the end with, you'd say maybe uh, 400 to go, 500 to go. Yeah. It seems, seems right. I think Watts took the lead with right at 800 to go. So Cole yeah. led the first six laps and then, and then Watts and Reese um, gapped him a little bit there in the last two laps. Yeah. And they, yeah, like you said, they opened the gap and Watts ran uh, what is a school record for him. Kilbugger Stumpf uh, looked really strong and yeah, Jack Moore making a name of he's so close to that sub nine mark. Could he potentially hit that at the state meet? Um, if that's the, the route again, he, he and his coach choose to go. Um, that would be a really impressive performance for him. So Jack Moore doesn't run at the Flashes Showcase, but does at the Carmel Showcase. And we've talked about it may not be easy for athletes to get down to Indianapolis two weekends in a row. So some of these kids have to choose. Mm -hmm. um, and it looks like if, if that is the case, he chose the 3200. We know he didn't run at the, at the Franklin Central meet. Um, and then just the next real string of guys all ran at both. So Ekman, Charlie, Bailey, Probst. Um, I'm not sure that Austin Hall ran at the Flashes Showcase. He was ninth here. And then all of the Burbuff boys occupied a lot of the next few spots after that. But really, yeah. I mean, if you, you, if we assume Will Conway runs the 1600, I have no idea what he'll do, but he did finish fifth last year in the 1600. Could you see, take out Ryan Watts because he's not eligible for the Indiana State meet, thank God. Could you see this order being the order of the 3200 at the state meet? Reese, Cole, Jack Moore, Ekman, and Charlie? Not crazy, right? Not crazy. There's There are two names I like to flip, but uh, I think that that's not crazy at all. That's totally reasonable, right? I mean, to assume, going back to the point uh, on the on the 4 by 32 double, right? I mean, Columbus North, you know, how as strong as their four by eight is, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe Reese uh, runs those two events, four by 32, right? I mean, it's certainly possible. Who knows what they're going to do? Um, I know he, you know, as strong as he is in the 16, I, I, he, you know, beat Matisse and head to head here and Cole got him last, uh, last Friday. So who, I don't know what's going to happen, but I could easily see this shake out that way. Um, you know, uh, like you said, basically everybody was there and uh, yeah, it sounds reasonable. 
Any performances outside of the top six that stick out to you? Uh, Cameron Todd, nine seventeen. Yep. You know, continues to to look good and come back strong from the fall. So, um, I thought I thought he had a good showing. Yeah, he was solid. Um, Braden Hinkle from Franklin Central under nine twenty. There were twelve boys that ran under nine twenty, and then there were four more that ran either nine twenty one or nine. 920 or 921. Mm -hmm. Like we said, 68 total under 10 minutes. Um, so if you weren't there, you missed out. But next you can't come next year. We'll let you in. Next year there'll be, I, I mean, imagine next year there'll be at least five boys heats plus at least one freshman boys heat and and hopefully even more girls races. Cause we actually got done, we got ahead of that schedule. So yeah. the meet was over by 8 30. It does not need to end by 8 30. We can run more races. To right. give more opportunities to kids. Um, and as you look through here, you know, coaches entered seed times that we suggested be a projection, not necessarily a past performance, but a projection of what you as the coach think that your athlete can do. And for the most part, kids were right on those times or better than than what their coach said. And of course, I mean, with 200 athletes, it's not going to be it's not going to be perfect. There's going to be some that that miss that mark for for whatever reason. but. That uh, that seemed to work really well. Okay, you ready for some um, some projections? Let's go in order of distance. Let's predict or project the winners of the at the state meet. You directly coach the girls at our school, and I directly coach the boys. So we'll stay out of we'll stay out of our own area. Sounds good. Okay, so it's girls' first year. I'm going to start girls 800 and then you do the boys 800 and we can talk it. We can talk it out. Girls sure. 800. I'm going to go out on the limb here. You ready? Yeah. Addison Wiley from Huntington North. I think she wins the 800 this year. That's uh, that's quite the limb. There you go. How about it? All right. Hard uh, to argue, right? Hard to argue with. There's nothing I can say. Uh, Keith well, Orson, oh, go ahead. Let's, let's, let's talk it out. Could you make a case that perhaps Addie coming back, having run the 1600 already. Polizza broke her indoor record over the 800. Could, could Polizza hang in there, run fresh, and surprise Wiley? Um, it, yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. I, I would still think that Wiley, it's her race to, to lose, essentially. It's, you know, she's in the driver's seat of it, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, Kaylee Blitz has run really well, so it's certainly possible that she could hang on fresh if Wiley has run the uh, 1600 before him. But I also think that, you know, kind of given some of the results that we've seen, you know, I could see Polizza running on their four by eight, where that seems to be maybe something that they would value at Valparaiso. So um, that's what they, she did do that last year. Yeah. So she may not be fresh in that case. Right. Um, and it may come down to, you know, a decision between like, you know, what, what does the team want to do? Right. Does, does she want to possibly go this on her own or, or, you know, stand on the medal, stand with her teammates? I mean, who knows? Yeah. So you'd say maybe, but probably not. Yeah. Correct. That's a maybe, good, that's a good phrase when we project things, maybe, but probably not. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Boys, 800. Boys, 800, right. This was kind of tough. Cause you know, uh, I think the top uh, six or seven from the field last year have graduated. I think it was the top eight. I think the ninth place guy returns. 
All right. So we see a lot of guys moving on here in the open eight. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of went back and forth. This is a guy who, you know, you could, he could run the four, he could run the eight, you know, we think he'll be on their four by four may or may not be on the four by eight. Uh, but Fisher's Kiefer Sinjin, right. Would be my, my pick today to win the boys open eight. I think, I think on the boys side, there's no, there's no obvious person because we just don't know what events these boys are going to run. And so if you look at best times, best relay splits or times, the three best guys based on past performance are Kiefer that you mentioned, Reese, who we talked about from the 3200 showcase, and Cole, who we talked about from the 3200 showcase. But we don't know, we don't know if any of those guys will be in it. In fact, historically, if we look back, it would tell us that none of those three guys are going to be in it. Right. So it's got, when you've got a good distance runner, the longer the distance, the more certain the results, the more predictable the results are. Right. And sometimes it's hard to throw a guy in the open eight. If you feel like he could do well in the 1600 or 3200 where it's anything could happen in an open eight. So let me ask you this then, right? Let's say hypothetically you're coaching um, sort of a next tier boy, right? Not a boy that you named, but, you know, a kind of that, that next group back who, who could today go run, you know, 156, 157. Um, would, would, you, would you entertain the idea of, hey, maybe we, we focus on the open eight and we run it fresh and really see what we oh, can do and maybe yeah. score high? Okay. Yeah, because when's the last time we had a surprise winner in the 1600 or the 3200? I suppose... I suppose Camden Marshall last year was kind of a surprise winner, but Camden Marshall had run 410 and 901. Yeah. Right. So yeah, we thought Lucas Guerra or Reese would win, but Marshall wasn't that far behind them. No relation, right? Not that I know of, but he's running so well. Maybe there's something. <laughs> it's kind of like the Heggies. Um, so I, I, I suppose I made a point and then immediately contradicted it. But other than that, if you look through the years in the 1600, it's been a while since someone won. And, and, and in the 3200, it's like, was it surprising last year that Will Jefferson won instead of Isaiah Sturry? Yeah, but Will Jefferson also had run 856 and he ran 855 or 854 at the state meet. Right. Whereas it feels like maybe a third of the time, there's someone that wins the open 800 that we weren't expecting coming in or someone wins it out of the slow heat. How many years has it been since Keith Abramson from Avon won? Maybe four um, or five. Unfortunately, I know the answer because my guy was second and that was in 2018. Okay. So four years ago. Yeah. And then uh, 2019, who won that year? Uh, 2019. I'd have to dig that back up here. That's not that's not fresh on the mind here. Okay, look look that up while I go through. Twenty twenty canceled. Twenty twenty one. Will Newbauer from yes. one of the schools in South Bend. I I had never heard of him before that meet. No, I mean he lived in South Bend, right? It's different than if you lived in India or Fort Wayne or whatever. But like so. Two of the last three years, at minimum, there's been a total surprise winner. 
2019's champion, again, somebody that you probably have never heard of. Uh, he went to Cathedral, Cole Hawker. Is it Hawker or Hockey? Uh, I think it, you know, maybe it's Hockey. Maybe that's a typo on the results. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, actually, you know what? No, I have heard of him. Okay, so not a surprise winner there. Right. Um, but, yeah, the, you can – you can just get in a good position and there's a certain amount of the 800 that I don't want to say luck, but that's just up to chance. It's about positioning. It's about how fast the race goes out. And if you take the race out fast, then your chances of winning are minimized. Some of those years it goes out. And I mean, this is the year that, that your guy won the fast heat. And ended up finishing second because it went out in what fifty eight or fifty nine. Yeah, so they the they got the fast heat went out slow, right, right, and then closed fast. And then Keith Aberson in the quote unquote slow heat, he went out fast and he hung on, you know. And, and he had run one fifty four. And and Abramson that year, it he was the best guy in like March and April. And then he had kind of tailed off and just didn't run as fast at the regional. And I think he ended up getting a callback and was in the slow heat. But he was, I remember him splitting like 155 low indoors. Yeah. I mean, so he wasn't was not a, as big. He, it was a surprise that week, but it wasn't if if you if you stretch the timeline out, like in March, we probably thought he was a really, really serious contender. Versus he was a new power guy, which which really wasn't. Right. Right. Aberson, one of the three best in the open eight that year with Jacob Lowe from North Central, who was my guy who played second, and Jalen Royal from Fort Wayne Northrop had also run um, you know, way up there. So like those, those were kind of the three of the best. And uh, you know, two of those three go go one, two at state. Well, and and one of the reasons as to why potentially not taking anything away from Keith, who obviously ran the best time he deserved to win. But um, your guy ran on the winning four by eight. So he had already run. And Jalen Royal, I think, had gone like 151 or 152 on the four by eight. Because I remember Northrop's, I, I thought that year the four by would come down to you and me. Well, not you and me in particular, but our Thank teams, you. North Central and Carmel. And um, we ended up finishing fifth. And I think second to fifth was like less than a second. But Northrop came all the way back and caught us, and they had led off in 203. Yeah, they had one leg that was not as fast as the other three. And so they had to really dig. And they, like you said, they led that guy off, and then they had to like really fight to get back up there. So they, I, I think that Jalen was like a 152, and that was, it's just, it's hard to double at the state meet. It really is. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're exactly right. That's exactly what I would do if I had like a second tier guy. But sometimes you have those guys or those girls, and they've got teammates, and it's hard to not run them on the relay for this off chance that maybe you can, you know, for lack of a better phrase, pull a new bower. Yeah. So tough, tough decisions. All right, sixteen hundred. I'm gonna go. I'm going to go Addy Wiley again. Sticking on that same limb, huh? Yep. Yep. All right. Well, again, can't argue with that right now. Um, she's going she's, she could potentially get vulnerable in the opening. Probably, maybe, but probably not. She's the 1600 being her first event. She's not vulnerable in that. 
And the way we saw it run at Franklin Central show, shows, showcases, there you go, that she's definitely the best over, over that distance. Yeah. Okay, well then, uh, boys 1600 then, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Reese Kilbarger Stumpf. What are your thoughts there? Well, then the question, and we'll get into this later, is how, how, do, how does relay duty factor into that? And that's a, that's a harder double. Obviously, we don't know what he's going to do. We don't know if he's going to run the four by eight. We don't know if he's going to run the 1600. That's kind of part of the fun now, right? Is we're just guessing, we're just projecting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you, he's the most established guy over 1600 meters. He has the best PR by four or five seconds over the field. He was a runner up at state last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of been his event. He made it his freshman year in the 1600. He made it his junior year, his sophomore year was canceled. He probably would have run the 1600 then. Um, so he seems, the, he seems the, the favorite of sorts, but we just, if the four by eight was last, then it would be obvious that yeah. all these, a lot of these guys run the 1600 fresh, but it's not last, it's first. Right, right. So again, not knowing, but assuming based off maybe past results that, he might do that, but again, so, maybe, who knows? And he and our guy finished first and second at the last two showcases out of Indiana kids, right? So who, who, who are the other contenders for the boys over 1600? I mean, well, besides those two. I mean, I think those two are so far ahead of anybody else who, who would have a chance unless something unusual happen on race day you know what i'm saying i think the past two fridays we've seen well if they both run the four by that's something unusual correct or if you know the race becomes you know way more tactical than you'd expect a high school boys state meet to go and it might especially if these guys are running multiple races multiple yeah so maybe that's it maybe it's a hey you're gonna run the four by eight and then come back and you know you're gonna do uh you know you're going to win with the least amount of effort possible, right? Like, I'm, again, we're just throwing out ideas here. We're not, we have no idea what these guys are going to do. Well, we have no idea what one of them going to do. Well, but we're not going to say that today. Right. So it, let's, if, you know, if neither of them were to run it, then, then it becomes really interesting. The, yeah. Then it's a wide open field where you could see, you know, it, one of a, a number of scenarios take place, particularly again, going back to, to guys who may not be uh, on a four by eight, right? So maybe that that wasn't part of the consideration. Maybe the team just isn't going to make it. Um, then, then it gets interesting, like you said. Well, let me spin the question around on you. Let's say if we consider that Reese and Cole are like the top tier of guys, and granted some guys weren't that far behind at the Franklin Central meet. Right. They still finished first and second, but there were guys within a second, two seconds of them, whatever. If you're one of those, if you're a coach of a second tier guy, and we don't need to go through who they are by name, but just in general, what are you thinking right now for the tournament? Uh, well, you I don't, you don't have a relay. There's no relay considerations. Yeah. You have a guy that, could be up there in the 16 or the 32. What are you, what are you thinking? What are you, 
projecting. Is that guy up there in the open eight? No, let's take the eight out of it. Okay, because that would be the obvious path then. So, okay, I would say... Um, let's say a distance runner, not necessarily. Granted, Cole Reese can do, could do the 800 and maybe they will. Who knows? Well, I mean, we have an idea on one of them, but... Um, Okay, so in that scenario, then I probably would think about the 1600 because uh, the difficulty going. So let's let's assume any of these guys, top tier guys, run the four by eight, and then they come back in the 16. That's going to be tough, right? There's not a lot of time there. So if my next tier kind of guy could go and run uh, the 16 fresh, you said there's no four by eight, there's no team implications for it. So you know maybe that is the the path forward, right? Whereas I could see you know, guys or girls, you know, running the four by eight and then coming back in the 32 and having enough time to do so. And I already know that the two best guys are the, the two best guys. So, you know, you kind of roll the dice and hope that they, you know, may not run the 16 or have had to put big efforts in on the four by eight and maybe a little vulnerable. So then the downside of that would be if those guys do run the 1600, you could have gotten a chance to get them tired in the 3,200. Maybe, but they're also the two best guys because they're the two best guys. And I, and I would think the gap that they have opened up on the rest of the field is big enough that, yeah, you, again, you might be able to get them in the 32. You're, you're right. But maybe they're just better even when they're a little bit tired. Girls 3,200. This is the one that feels more open just based on who we've seen over the last few weeks and who we haven't seen. And we won't get into who we haven't seen or speculation as to why that is. Um, but I would say Nikki Sutherland's got the best time right now, 1030. I imagine she'll get, and she ran that, you know, she opened up a big lead pretty quickly there that that'd be my, that'd be my predicted winner right now. Yeah. That seems to make sense. Right. I mean, she's, she's right now, is the best in the state, you know, as, as we talk. So um, who's, who's we've seen the spring. So um, that sounds it, great. And last year she won or she didn't win. She, she meddled in the 1600 and the 800, but that just seems an obvious switch to me this year. You don't have to do the events you did last year. Right. That she seems like she'll switch to the 3200. And if she does that, I assuming that things are now are the way, there are when the tournament starts in four weeks that she's, I would, I predict she wins. Sounds good to me. What do you think? Boys 3,200. I guess Boys we could just run back the exact same conversation from the 16, right? Yes. And that would lead me to Cole Matisson from Carmel. So again, I, you know, this, and part of, part of this is that, well, you know, maybe he does one thing or, or you know, predicting the Reese Kilbarger Stumps path, you know, what does that mean? You know, um, so he uh, did get beat Friday night, but, um, you know, we, we've seen a lot out of him. Uh, he's He had that great postseason in cross country. Um, and I, I think, you know, Cole's got more in him and we'll see that here over the course of the next month and a half. Um, that would lead me to, to feel good about him winning the 3,200. Let's say because they're also those two guys are so accomplished over 800 and 1600 and have 
teammates that, that they could use to help them in a four by eight. Let's say neither Reese nor Cole is in the 3,200 at the tournament. So we comes around sectional, the results come out from the sectional and it turns out neither of them ran in it. They can't, can't jump in later, right? It's not like yeah. cross country, you could miss the sectional regional semi-state and just run in the state meet if you wanted. So if neither of them are in the 3,200, then what do you think? Well, then I would go back to the next best competition, right? Or the next most competitive scenario. And you had already kind of said this as we talked about the results from the Carmel Showcase, um, that basically the who's who of the 32 were all present. So in the scenario, uh, we remove Ryan Watts from out of state. Uh, you said no Kilbarger Stump, cross off, no Matisson, cross off. Then, you know, Scott Litzkin's pick of Jack Moore looks really good. A six second gap there over a Beckman. Um, and then a couple seconds back, uh, further back, 12 seconds back to uh, Charlie Schumann. Um, Conway. Conway is in the conversation, but it's hard when he wasn't there to see exactly, you know, yeah, right. Eastern was, was strong, but, you know, I, you could probably make the argument that Army was maybe a little bit better. Uh, but uh, Conway could be in the mix, but I, I think I like what we saw from Jack Moore. I mean, Conway's got a decision too, because he was fifth in the 1600 as a freshman. Yeah. So now we're just, we're getting into the game theory of it, right? What do right. you do if you're, if you're those guys, if you're on that, that next tier of guys behind the top two, and yeah. I suppose you could, you can run both and maybe a lot of these guys will, cause you, they easily make it out of their sectional, right? So this is exactly what I was going to say. So keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So th there's one really tough sectional. And it's the Hamilton County one. But if you're that good, you can make it out of both. The 1600 and the 3200. And then kind of look around. Well, the hard part is then you got you to scratch within a half hour. But with live results, with people at meets, cell phones, uh, Instagram, DMs, texting, you can kind of figure out who does what. So do a quick survey of the landscape and then, and then make your decision that, yeah. that night. And that might make the most sense. And, you know, a lot of these sort of like next tier guys that we talked about aren't necessarily on teams and team contention. So that might give a little bit right. more leeway on, you know, because I think you, you and I have a similar philosophy and, and this is what I did as the head coach. And it was like, what's best for the team, especially if we have a contending team. And then what's best for the athlete? And what do they want to do? That's kind of the, ne the next sort of thing. So, you know, if the team's not in contention, then, you know, you go to insert next tier boy or girl and say, hey, I see one of two paths opening. Which do you want to take here? And you get, you know, his or her feedback and, and develop from there. And even those, those top two guys that are on what could be contending team, but, you know, potentially you get to the tournament and realize, well, we're actually, you know, we're not a contending team and that may change things for, for them as well. Yeah. Things didn't come together the way we thought they would. So yeah, you never know. This is the hardest one to predict because now on, on the boys side, we at least saw teams put this together for the, the indoor HSR meet, the four by eight, I, I guess the, the safest one right now, it's hard for us to dissociate ourselves from our 
from our paid stipends here, but Columbus North may be the favorite. I mean, they've run 9.28, 9.30, same week. Um, they're not going to have any weak legs that they're hiding. They don't necessarily have a 2.10, prob probably, possibly. Um, you know, what Lily Baker may be worth a 2.12, 2.13, something like that. Um, but there's no, there's no one leg under 2.10, but I'm, I'm going to call them the favorite right now. And then there's, you know, Noblesville is good. They could, they'll certainly be there. They wanted HSR. Um, what could Floyd put together? I don't know. Valpo does have the sub 210 leg, but do they have the other legs to stay in it? Um, and then obviously we, we could get in it as well. And we were third or fourth at HSR and didn't have all fourth and didn't have all of our, all of our legs on it, us being Carmel um, on the girls' side. So I'm going to yeah. say Columbus North. And they, they were in it last year. They were one of the favorites. And I think they were third at the state meet. So maybe some consideration from, from some of those girls to want to come back. And, and I also, Columbus North is probably going to run all their girls at it. Um, they wouldn't have any reason not to. We're on the boys' side. I don't know if they're going to run it or not, but I could at least see the logic in not doing it. Right, right. Well, um, let's assume they do run all their boys, in which case – they are also my pick to win the four by eight for the reason you mentioned, um, you know, loading up at HSR and beating two teams in Westfield and Carmel um, that were also running all of their best boys in that event. Um, and then there's the, the chance of beating the state meet record. I don't think at the state meet, we will see the state record fall, but I think if they were to chase or, you know, potentially, you know, Westfield or Carmel were to chase this record um, come uh, mid to late June, that you could see that a Lawrence Central State record fall. That's a that's a fast record. It's a fast record, but I think that Columbus North, you know, for example, may have the boys to get it done. I think they in might. the right environment. Who's the biggest who's the biggest threat to Columbus North, do you think? Assuming North runs all their boys. And they went, they had a 155, a 156, and a 152 indoors. Which team do you think could could challenge them the best? Well, the probable answer would be would be Westfield, right? When you talk about a team that was second to them at HSR. Um, and when you you've already kind of said, well, there's a reason that Columbus North may not run all their boys, but but there also is a reason they they would. Um I don't know if I see a reason that Westfield would not load up on this four by eight. Right. You know, yeah. I'm not as, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they would. I mean, they it. may have a guy we talked about like, Hey, it may be random. And if those, if Reese Cole and Kiefer, none of them run the open eight, Kai Connor could win. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. that would be, I guess the one reason is like, well, we'll keep him fresh. But again, what's your, what's your percentage chance that, of him winning it's even without those three guys it's not super high because there's just a ton of guys kind of in that ability range and you I may think, not know i think you're what, missing a team on the four by eight what team am i missing here hsc hs oh the hsc boys yeah because we they did. won the dmr yeah. yeah and they also kind of like westfield don't have an obvious reason not to put all their guys in it sure yeah that's a good point no yeah. they may not they haven't done it in the past they have three 
or four boys that made it individually and they have four or five boys even in that regional that could make it in an individual event but they don't have a contender in anything sure and you know what we, we should also maybe throw Burbuff in this discussion you know another another i don't think Burbuff does I haven't it. Seen. just no. just from what i've seen the last couple of weeks i don't think i don't think they do okay because burrell or todd could get in in the 16 if we end up with that scenario that we're in the game theory of it now right yeah so if the top two boys don't run in the 16 or run it compromised compromised being there in the four bite beforehand like ezra was not that far behind those two boys that would that would be my guess that those two plus krishna they had other boys run 921 and 923 in the 3200. So one of them's not getting to run because you can only run two in the 16 and two in the 32. Um, although I think technically, I think Cameron Todd and Ezra have the standard in the 3200. I don't know if Krishna's 908 indoors at a non-school meet counts. So he may need it, but he could do it. And then they'd have three, they'd have three with the standard in the 3200. But I don't know that that's the event that those boys want to run sure so they could but i don't i don't think they get into it okay yeah that's the thing we don't know that's that's you know it's part of the fun too many other factors yeah cool man well it's a fun week ahead we got the zionsville invite we got the warsaw invite or the, what's it called max truix that's what we're going to because we're not in the mick anymore peace out nick that's what they told us Thanks for nothing kicking us out. That's okay. We'll land on our feet. We're doing just fine. All right, man. You got anything else? Um, that's it. Yeah. Uh, again, I appreciate the teams that came out to Carmel Friday night and, you know, we saw a, a great meet put on and a lot of good results. So if, again, like Colin said, if you were, coach that was considering coming and ultimately decided not to that hopefully you'll take advantage of the opportunity this coming year april 21st 2023 all right hey thanks for coming on i'll see you tomorrow hey thanks i appreciate it I love my little dudes. They my little guys. I love them.